Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. The difference in the game for me was... Uh, Calgary did a nice job playing a very direct game, and they got their bounces. They, they made their breaks. Uh, I felt we didn't play direct enough. Um, ironically, two areas we were um, we were good in were the penalty kill and the, and the power play. And, and those, I think, the guys went into a game with, um, you know, they, they, they dialed in there. Uh, five on five, we, we played a little bit too... Uh, wanted to play a little bit pretty at times, and we didn't play direct enough, and it's uh, it was tough sledding as a result. We're going to be able to score goals like that most of the year, but until we have a, a commitment to team defense, we we won't accomplish much. Sometimes, in order to uh, have success, you got to learn those mistakes, but those are things we can clean up no problem. It's just a mindset to come in to do that. Back at it tomorrow in black and red, the Sabres taking on the New York Islanders now on the heels of a loss to the Flames that has them one and three through the first four games of the season. I'm going to dub this the happier edition of Sabres Live. That's a nod to Youngblood's latest collaboration out today. Um, Marty, what is the prevailing topic? Is it goaltending because of last night and because of what we're seeing at practice today? Is it finding the team's identity that is still an offensive team, but one that has a great foundational uh, defensive base? Like, what, where where are we starting here? Can I start with the option C or D? You know, when you have a, a multiple choice test, there's always the all of the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I, I always like answering all of the above because I think, number one, <laughs> that's why they put it there, because yeah. it's all of the above. Uh, And number two, it's a lot easier to move on to the next question. So uh, because then you can cover everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I after last night's game and then I sit down and think about it and go through my notes and review the numbers and review the video. I'm thinking that there's a lot that is happening to this team that was a reason why they won games last year. Mm -hmm. Funny for me. And maybe people are going to say, oh, they give up too many chances. Yeah, there was a couple of breakaways yesterday or whatnot. Uh, but defensively, five on five, even though it, it doesn't look so good, the numbers don't appear that bad. Like defensively, five on five, they don't give up so much that you say oh, we're overwhelmed defensively, that defensive, the defensive game is, is bad, mm-hmm. right? The difference is that they are not creating offensively near enough 
Um, and near what they did last season, um, five on five. And yeah, maybe the power play had some good movement and, and Tage Thompson did score on the power play. That's great. But five on five, when you have one grade A chance in the whole game, one, and it wasn't even a shot on goal. It was Dylan Cousins' breakaway later in the first period, well, halfway in the first period, that 2-1, that he went to the back end and had a wide open net and it rolled off his stick. That's the one grade-A chance in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be tough to win games. You got to put pressure on the other team. You got to make him feel like they, they're they scared of you a little bit. And right now, teams are not scared of the Sabres offensively because because of that. So And then and then that's going to linger into the goaltending because you, I feel like the numbers, even though there was a couple of breakaways or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, you get the saves on the on on the on the big chances, and then the average to lesser chances find a way in. Um, so that combines with the offense is really where my uh, uh, my focus is on right now. So Levi not skating today. As the group is out there, they've completely mixed up the lines. But let's focus on goaltending first. You're going to assume he's not playing tomorrow based on the fact he's not skating today, correct? Uh, correct. And and first of all, I should say, look, it's four games into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's four games into the first pro year of Devin Levi's career. Um, has he had some really good moments in the first four games? Absolutely. Has he had some moments that he wants to, you know, change and forget and, and adjust and learn from? Absolutely. And so... He played the first four. The Sabres are one and three. As a goaltender, you're never going to be happy about that, regardless of where you came from. I mean, Duffer, I got called up at 18. I lost my first game in Pittsburgh. I lost the next night against Ottawa, and I was mad at myself. And I shouldn't have been there. But Mm -hmm. as a goalie, you want to win. You want to play well. It doesn't matter what your level of skill or 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 maturity of experience is at. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. Levi is not happy. He wants to win. the team has actually defended pretty good in front of them when you consider, you know, the way that the games have gone and, uh, you know, at five on five, I should say, but the PK has been great. So they've helped him. Um, But I'm going to assume that tomorrow he's not going to play that he needs a, he needs a little bit of a mental reset here. Like uh, let's, let's dig into video. Let's practice. Uh, Let's learn a little bit about Levi too, how he can, you know, how he works between games, how he works if you give him a few days off and then you get back to practice. Does that help him? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you have a better plan for later. Maybe four games in a row is too much. Who knows? You got to test those things out, right? Maybe it's you play two and then you sit a couple, you play another two. Maybe, maybe there's a pattern here that the Sabres have to uh, kind of uh, uh, figure out. But right now, I would assume that tomorrow, like, they're going to go with either Comrie or Lukanen. Bold of you to predict. <laughs> Well, um, okay, I will assume and I will predict that tomorrow Comrie will start. But that, uh, you know, again, I did not flip my heads or tails coins yet. So, uh-huh. uh, Oh, we still have 40 minutes or so of content here in the show. So we've got time. Um, I could probably want... mess that up, the heads or tails. I, I could well, mess you, it you, up. Well, you might have messed something up already. I want to go back to the cousin's chance you were talking about. Yeah. What did you identify it as? A grade A chance. Okay. It wasn't five on five. No, but I, I, I'm not saying five on five. I'm saying okay. in the I game you overall. Said, I thought you had said five on no, five. No, no, no. Yeah. Like I'm talking yeah. in the game it was a, overall. It was a rare power play breakaway kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the yeah. only grade A chance in the whole game. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
But th- but think about it. Okay, did Vidar have to make like any unbelievable saves on grade A no. chances yesterday? No. Did he look no, good? It's hard to tell. He didn't. I I can tell you, it, Vladar looked a little awkward, and and then mm-hmm. like halfway in the game, I felt like every shot hit him in the stomach, and it was always the same move. He would go down, butterfly, put his both arms in front of him, and the puck would stick. But it weren't like good chances. Um, so the, the only Grade A chance was Cousins, and that was it. So again, to reiterate, Levi not practicing today. Yes. Are you leaning towards Comrie? Yes, I am. Okay. I am leaning towards Comrie. Um, Comrie did think, have a shutout of the Islanders late last uh, season, too. So Yeah, yeah and, and and listen, I, I think that you signed Comrie a year and some ago, a year and a half ago, free agency, because you you felt like he was a he was a, a, a consistent NHL goaltenders that put up good numbers in Winnipeg as a backup. Uh, that was trending the right direction. Um, last year had a good start to the season. Got hurt. Yeah. Everything kind of compounded after that. And never recovered from that. He had a good camp. Um, I think this is this for me would be okay, Comrie. This is your chance. But again, this is where three goalies become you know a little bit of a, a, a conundrum and the fact that okay, well if Comrie plays Saturday. Mm-hmm. Then you say, well, we got to get Levi back in because we just we got to put Levi back in for a game. Then UPL is in there saying, I would think, so. I would think so, Wouldn't unless you... no, Comrie could I'm... play a couple in a row. But the same thing, it doesn't matter. Comrie wins, and yeah. you say we're going to give Comrie another game. Perfect. I would hope so. Comrie has an an okay game. You still win or you lose the game, and you say, okay, now we're going to put Levi back in. Mm-hmm. Lukanen still is sitting there saying, when am I going to get in? That's mm-hmm. the thing that is hard when you have three goalies. It's not the the practice. They all get practice time. They go on before, they go on after. There's different ways to get your practice time. It's what are you practicing for to get in a game? And if there's if there's less games to be available to you, you lose that rhythm. You lose that that feel. And that's that's why it's it's a little complicated. Do you think that Craig Anderson? can help in any way with this? Well, yeah, absolutely. In the sense that that he literally just lived it last year, playing well at times, but knowing that he couldn't keep playing and therefore having to manage his, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, emotional, mental approach to the game, knowing that it's not like it was 30-year-old Craig Anderson – but not only was he handling his own well-being, he was watching others, an abundance of goaltenders, trying to figure it out as well, not necessarily knowing when their next start was going to be. So now that he's officially on board as a liaison to help the players and the coaches and things like that and be around as this positive influence, um, is it is it just too overly logical for me to say like this is one of the reasons why he's here? Like they he's got a they, they'll appreciate whatever he can add to kind of keep the goaltenders in the right place. I I think that you just opened such a a um a topic of conversation when it comes to Devin Levi and maybe understanding a little bit more his mindset and and what Craig Anderson can help with and how maybe the Sabers have to manage it. Um, look. 
when when Devin Levi was playing at Carlton Place Junior A before he went to Northeastern, okay, he played almost every game. He played like 40 of 50 games that year. Like that was like he played four out of five, four out of five, four out of five. And they played two games a week. So he went two weeks playing games and he had a day off. And then and then he went to Northeastern and played almost every game. You know, he played 35, 37, whatever games in a season. He missed some time for either the he World the Juniors. Year. He, he missed the whole the world, year. Yeah, missed the yeah. 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 But it, like he, he missed some time throughout the season, uh, but he played like almost all the games. And now that's the mindset that he has. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. But whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not college. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not junior. This is the NHL. And, you know, that there's a reason why most teams now say, oh, 50 to 55 go- uh, games is, is where the number one should play. It's not 70 games like Marty Brodeur used to play or yeah. Patrick or Eddie Belfort, whatnot. That's not how it works. So Craig Anderson, as you pointed out, having had to tell himself, I want to play, but I should not. I want to play, but I have to take a night off and I have to take care of my body and I have to maybe get some practice time. Definitely will help. It, it will help. Uh, guide Devin Levi to that. My first season as a number one goaltender with the Buffalo Sabres, I remember playing 72 games that year. And when we saw Boston and Bob Asenza in preseason, Bobby goes, you never let me play. You played all the games. That was not fair, Marty. You never, I'm like, I was just a young kid. But I remember Lindy Ruff one day coming to me in Arizona and said, Marty, you're not skating today. The whole team's going on the ice. You're taking a day off. I was like, well, I'm not taking a day off. He goes, yes. And I want you on the massage table. I'm like, I'm not taking a massage. And then I got crap from the players coming back from practice because I'm on the massage table getting a massage and I didn't go on the ice. And I was, but I had to learn that stuff too, right? How to adjust, how to my body needed, whatever. I think Levi is going to need to adjust to that too. But, but let's put that aside. Like the team has to give them some offensive support that's how they won last year mm-hmm. you know i pulled the numbers on natural stat trick today 32 of the 82 games last year the sabers at five on five had a less than two goals expected to score okay so let's just say five on five you pull the numbers the sabers should always be in the two and a half to three goals expected that they should create five on five yep. but 32 out of the 82 games they were below two their number was lower right and this has happened in all four games this year their number is under two in all four games this year at five on five so like 50 games last year you added above them two. you were you were creating you were on the offense there was days where games where it was three and a half 3.7 3.8 expected goals at five on five like that's your identity yeah and then, and Levi yesterday made the save on the breakaways, made the save on the hard plays. Like, give him, he's going to make saves. The goalies are going to make saves. But you got to have that feel that you want to score goals. You want to create offense. And it's not working in that way right now. Well, that leads us to more changes today uh, and significant ones, but not unfamiliar ones, because we saw this down the stretch last year when Tage Thompson was dinged up. And when he came back, he was playing with Dylan Cousins. Well, Look what we have here. Jordan Greenway, Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins as a trio. Skinner, Middlestat, and Tuck, which we also saw at the end of last year as part of Casey's run where he had 17 points in the last 11 games. Much of it was spent with Skinner and Tuck. Paterka, Jost, Olofsson coming back into the mix. Gergensen's Krebs Opozo. What name are you not hearing? 
That would be the name of 18-year-old Zach Benson, who, like Levi, not skating at practice today. Yeah, Zach had a, um, I mean, a, a, a below average game yesterday, and that's going to happen. I mean, if we start uh, wasn't alone. Out, if I we standard and if we started handing out grades every night, uh, there would have been a lot of C minus and D's in the game last night, and so it's not on Zach Benson. Uh, yeah, he had a turnover at the offensive blue line that turned around early in the third, made it the uh, uh, the three two goal. Everybody had turnovers. Everybody had moments, right? That's just going to be the Yeah, and there was 120 feet of ice for them to recover, and they didn't. Yeah, and and you know what? There was, again, there was an over-eagerness to want to create something when you needed maybe to back up, right? Like Darlene is trying to join the rush when you're 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 cornered into a cor- into the side of the wall and he, he goes forward and the puck goes the other way and he's not there to recover. We heard Don talk about it. He said last night it was too good of a chance for that line to pass up, even though they were overextending their shift. But to your point, what you just said, and you love really intelligent plays, understanding clock management. There's got to be an internal clock in Darlene, presumably, knowing that the guys in front of them have been out there for 90 seconds almost, right? Yeah, so it's hard. It's hard. It's to, hard, right? Because always know, what... but the best ones do. And, and Darlene yeah. does that. Of course. And 90% yeah. of the time he does and he figures it out. Um, but that was the one time that you needed to get that internal clock. And I totally get what Don is saying. Yeah. Look, we, we don't want to give the puck back. We're a puck possession game. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to change, but we go quick up to Zach Benson on the right side. He goes to the blue line and he sees maybe an opportunity to make a play and not give the puck away. He tries it. It didn't work. Yeah. Well, it gets compounded by the fact that Dolls went up the ice and went to the right side and the puck got turned over and then everybody's trying to recover and it's a four on two. Yeah. Um, that. And I think that's what Eric Johnson was talking about yesterday Mm -hmm. is that, look, again, you didn't give up much five on five when it comes to chances to Calgary. They didn't have a lot of of, like multiple chances. They had some good chances. They had a couple of breakaways and whatnot, but you didn't give them much. Okay. Five on five. Your penalty kill was really good. The problem is that there was situational uh, situations uh, like situational hockey that created turnovers that you didn't have, you didn't need to have you didn't need to force right and and that's the one thing that Don used all year last year is they're gonna score they have talent but you gotta wait for those moments to open up you can't force them and then so, they forced a couple of them yesterday. So what do the line changes mean to you? And do you think we'll see it tomorrow? Because there have been times where what we've seen in practice doesn't translate to the next day. And do you think this is just Benson having it a day off right now and he'll be right back in tomorrow? Or do you think this is a good time for Zach to sit and watch a game? I think it's a good time for him to sit and watch a game. And look, he's he's probably been one of the better, most consistent like player through training camp, preseason, and the start of the year uh, with Middlestead and Greenway. But you look at yesterday's game, that line after 40 minutes at zero shot attempts at five on five, not even a missed shot, not even a block shot, not even a shot on goal. They had nothing at five on five. So that's a problem. And you add that to, well, is the Thompson Skinner tuck line really, are, are they really getting going right now at five on five? Eh, not so much as the Cousins line, which has changed because it had Krebs along with Paterka. 
Did that have really their game their, at five on five? Their numbers were better last night, though. Their numbers were better. Yeah. Um, I think JJ Paterka has had a solid start to the season. He's yeah. he's finding himself in good areas to score goals. He did score against the Rangers, scored last night. So good for him. But but this is a hey, let's change. Let's change the energy. I, I I fully anticipate those lines to be the start of the game tomorrow against mm-hmm. the New York Islanders. I really don't think that you go out there and roll back Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, uh, Greenway, Middlestat, Benson. You, you don't go to the same thing because it's not generating enough right now. Again, four games in a row where the Sabres expected goals for, the mm-hmm. amount of goals they should score at five on five is less than two during the game. And their overall expected goals for has been in the two and a half to 2.7. Like that's not their game. Even though right. they outscore their expectations most often, that's not the way they play. That's not the way they have success. Uh, no changes on the blue line based on practice today. And obviously we'll bring you any updates uh, as we get them from the players when they come off the ice. Um Islanders are playing this evening against the Devils, so they'll catch New York on the back end of a back-to-back, and that means Semyon Varlamov, uh, because it's been confirmed by Islanders coach Lane Lambert already that Sorokin, who's off to a terrific start for the Isles, uh, will play tonight, and Varlamov, who, as we discussed in the last road show we did from the studio, he is one of those Russian-born netminders that has had his way with the Sabres over the course of his entire career. So uh, it'll be the typical challenge for Buffalo taking on the New York Islanders. But they did find a way against him a couple of times last year, and uh, we'll see how it plays out tomorrow. Do you believe, and are you wearing your bracelet? Not. It's in my bag. I got to pull it out. Well, mine is black and red, so it's more fitting that I'm the one holding it up right now. It's the return to black and red tomorrow. Yes. The re- return so the only evil, question evil. any of us have, will they score six on Varlamov? Um, well, I would settle for four. I'll be honest with you. Varlamov Answer the is, question. You're under oath. No, I don't. I can't. I can't see this team scoring six. They can do it, but I don't see six being scored tomorrow. Come on, dude. I totally see it. Okay. Well, you saw multiple penalty shots in the NHL last night, and how did that work out? In my dreams. Exactly. There was nothing. There was nothing. You know what that is, Marty? That's a joke. You know what? <laughs> there should. You're have telling been. me that in 12 games and nine gazillion goals scored, and who knows how many scoring chances, that nobody put a stick in the wrong place on somebody on a breakaway. I know oh, one wait of a them. Minute. Oh, it was Jeff it Skinner. Yeah, it happened to Jeff Skinner yesterday. Uh, and really, to be honest with you, again, as I look at the replay of Jeff Skinner on a breakaway, um, mm-hmm. and this was in the third period, a 3-3 game, right? He gets the puck through the middle of the ice. He's on a breakaway. You got, was it Anderson on the left and Hannafin on the right? I believe so you're correct. So Anderson yeah. is like trying to lift Skinner's stick as a left-handed shot. He's trying to come to his left side, lift the stick, missed a couple of times, and then got a little piece of him. but. You're focusing on Anderson. What people don't see, and I noticed after watching it two or three times, is Noah Hannafin from the right side comes across and gets a pretty good slash on Skinner's right arm, forearm, hand, which is the the top hand on his stick. And that kind of put a little pressure on him. And then he felt the pressure from both sides and and went down and lost the puck. 
Mm-hmm. And I think they're definitely, from what I've seen in the NHL this year and what they've called penalty shots, there was yeah. a good argument to be made there that that would have been a penalty shot. Now, um, you know, they didn't call it. It's 3-3. Do something, right? Don't give up that fourth goal. That's the thing. But it, it didn't yeah. happen. Road teams won seven of the 12 games last night, and Dylan Cousins is still the only player yeah. to have an overtime goal. What is happening in the end? This is absurd. I, I <laughs> like what I, it is truly unbelievable because we talk about how every game is supposed to be a close game and that there are a lot of yeah. lopsided games. There are a lot of lopsided games, not like crazy, like, but well, just, you know, like there the, was I some mean, crazy seven, like four, seven, three, six, two. Like there yeah. was some crazy scores last night. But there's a lot of kind of meh, you know, like Edmonton games, like the four-one game, right? Like where the Flyers are just boy, there was some bad body language on the Oilers and the highlights of that. Like just total lack of urgency on some of the plays. Um, I, and I, I don't know. It's strange to watch, but obviously the Sabres and Oilers are in the same boat uh at this point in time. And uh, you know, but one is reason that the one and three boat, the one win and three loss boat. Yes, that is precisely is the boat that we're speaking of. It would yeah. be the boat of us if the boat you're of us. about the Oilers and the Sabres. And you know, like we've seen the Flyers start hot before, especially Carter Hart. So I get it. We're not putting the heart or the cart before the horse here. But when you were returning to full time really good NHLers, if not good to great in the form of two-way excellence of Sean Couturier and a goal scorer who can broach 30 with the best of them and Cam Atkinson. It does not surprise me at all that this Flyers team has been able to do what it's done so far. Yeah, listen, this Flyers teams did the same thing last year. They started really good. Why? Because Morello was in there. And he was like, let's shut things down and let's block shots and play well defensively. Carter Hart was one of the better goaltender in the first month of the season last year. His numbers, his uh, goal save above expectation was number one in the league. His record was excellent. Why? Because they played a certain type. And then after a little while, the injuries piled up and then teams started to figure it out a little bit. And so the Flyers now, they have those bodies back. They have Couturier, they have Atkinson back. They have a little bit more depth, right? And mm-hmm. their young players are a year older and more mature and can play a more consistent game. It's worked out for them. Um, do I think the Flyers are going to be this team that's going to knock on the playoff uh, door? No, I don't, but that's okay. That doesn't mean they can't have a good start. And the Sabres have a bad start. They started, what, 5-2-2 two, and two last year. Did that amount to anything? No. No, they had a tough November. Um, they had a tough November. Can you turn they, that around and have a good November and all of a sudden it, you reverse the whole thing? Absolutely. They're one in three. Come on. They, that's they, three. They've already eroded my October prediction from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Nine games in October. I said they'd go six, two, and one. What did I say? Oops. You were conservative and I think five, three, and one. Five, three, and one. I did say yes. So you still got a chance. And we still have a chance on this show. Like, I mean, if you haven't liked it so far, we still have a chance to make up for it. And I think you'll like what we have next. That would be Shana Goldman. And she'll (laughs) be just as excited as we are that we're going back to black and red tomorrow. And the first uh, of 15 times this year, the Sabres will don those jerseys. And the first 10,000 fans tomorrow receive a Let's Go Buffalo rally towel. So get your tickets now. Sabres.com slash tickets. Want to see you at the rink tomorrow. Of course, we'll be on the air 6.30 pregame Saturday night on MSG. We're back right after this. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. It's the best half of the show on Friday, and we have a quick update from Skate. Zach Benson and Devin Levi, who were not on the ice today, are dealing with lower body injuries. The team has announced both are day-to-day, and they were given rest to obviously see how quickly they recover. So we'll see how it all plays out tomorrow. And, of course, the Amherst are in action tonight, looking for a sweep in Laval before returning home next Wednesday. So we'll keep you up to date on that, obviously, through our social channels over the course of the weekend. Shana Goldman from The Athletic is with us for, for her Friday installment on the eve of the return of black and red. So will this be the magic ingredient to get the Sabres ship righted in this young season, Shana? Yes, because hockey is tracked on vibes alone. I say forget the numbers. Um, People like me actually aren't that relevant in hockey. We're all about vibes. And the vibes of the black and red are so, so, so elite that, yes, that is the most important thing here. Okay, so here's my issue with that, is that the vibe for the Sabres have been off this year in the first four games compared to last year. So I know sometimes you got to forget about the numbers, but what, like, I trying to explain in my broken Franklish that <laughs> they're not creating enough at five on five, but they're actually not giving up much at five on five either. What's happening last year was like three goals expected for and 2.9 expected against this year. It's like one seven to one six. Like what's the, what's the, the real issue here, not creating enough or giving up too much on the, on the lesser chances. Yeah, it's it's definitely not as bad defensively as I guess we would anticipate the Sabres to be coming off of last year. You look at it, and they are allowing a lot of shots against, but not all shots are created equally, and that's so important to remember because they're doing a better job at you know protecting the quality areas than they have you know in recent history. So that's that's a big step forward for them. You know, obviously it's not ideal to allow 
a high rate of shots against. But if you, you know, if you can keep the opponents to the perimeter, that's something. The problem is they're not matching that with their offense. That is the biggest problem right now. Their expected goal generation at five on five is among the worst in the league. So that's something that they absolutely have to work on. They have to get more to the slot area a little bit more consistently. They have the finishing talent. We know that they do in their top six, but they need to just keep creating chances and more sustained pressure at five on five. And even on the power play, it feels like their chances are too far from the outside so far. Yeah, it was improved last night, obviously, when they broke through on their 11th power play of the season and got their first goal, but they couldn't follow it up with a second one, despite some excellent chances and opportunities that were presented. And if you were, you know, for anyone just joining the show right now, uh, the Sabres did mix up the lines pretty significantly at practice today. So we'll see how much uh, carryover there is. And some of it will obviously pertain to the health of Zach Benson, who, again, was sitting out today with Devin Levi with lower body injuries. So, um, Shana, in your quick opinion uh, from the coaching chair, is this the right time to do a little mix-up of the forward configurations based on the one and three start? It's not a bad time. It's not like the Sabres came into the year with completely and totally new line combinations, right? This is, for the most part, I feel like they had a good base that they were building off of from last year. So if they need to change it up, they can change it up. Do I love how they change it up? Not quite. Do I think Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins should be on the same line? Probably not. Um, I think that is like mistake number one, but I don't mind seeing someone like Jordan Greenway, you know, move up. I don't think he's the most offensive spark, but I did like what we saw from him, especially in that game against uh, Tampa Bay and against the Islanders too. Like they were grinding away and helping sustain pressure. And if he can be someone that can just retrieve pucks and keep dishing them out to Tage Thompson, like that's, that's a pretty good role for him to have. I do like the idea of that four checking third line, you know, but they had a really rough game against flame. So it makes sense to switch that up a bit. What about the D pairings Um, in training camp? We saw, Darlene with Clifton and then they played two preseason games and then it was oh this doesn't look like this is is working now maybe it will work later but not you know we'll put back Samuelson which I thought by the way big positive Samuelson had a monster of a game last night I don't know and I didn't look in his numbers but just by the eye test a monster of a game for Matias Samuelson um but is there something when you look at that group of six that needs to happen for this offense to 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 I don't want to say wake up, but to just take that step forward. Yeah, I, I like Matias Samuelson back with Darlene. I think that they're a really complimentary pairing. We know that they know each other so well. They know each other's tendencies, and it feels like in their minutes together, the team generally is doing the right things. And I think he gives Darlene the freedom to to thrive. And I think already we're seeing it like his zone entry denial is really standing out for me with Darlene. Um, I think the power Yokiharu pairing is the one that kind of stands out to me as a tricky one because now you're putting Clifton and Johnson together as a third pair and that's a very defensively minded third pair but I think you're taking away dimension from that bottom four by pairing them up together and I think the defense needs to be a good spark so you don't want it for you know 20 minutes let's say of Clifton Johnson that there isn't much you know being they're not breaking the puck out of their own zone with possession those are two players that are really good at bringing qualities that the Sabres were missing last year in the defensive areas, but Mm -hmm. they are two players that don't thread the needle enough offensively for me. So I feel like those are going to be minutes that are going to be a little bit trickier, especially, you know, if the forwards aren't the ones pushing play along a little bit more proactively. Dozen games last night, just two tonight and obviously busy weekend ahead. So let's dive in kind of rapid fire on everything going on around the NHL that's catching your eye. Um, Everyone going to hate me if I start with Vegas. 
my goodness, <laughs> this is unreal. Like, what a machine. It's so impressive to watch, isn't it? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's nice to see Jack Eichel thriving, honestly. I think he had so many expectations when he went to Vegas in the first place and to see him healthy now. We saw him healthy down the stretch last year and to be back at full speed crushing it. Guys like Jonathan Marcheseau are still excellent. And it just feels like that's a team that, even though they have made subtractions over the last couple of years, they're somehow working out better in ways which you wouldn't anticipate, right? And to have someone like Shea Theodore as your number two defenseman step up when Alex Petrangelo is out, that is a gift. That is an absolute gift. I feel like Shea Theodore honestly is underutilized there a little bit because of the Petrangelo signing. So it's nice to see him have his moment. Two goalies Uh, looking good too, Marty, there. Oh, no, two goalies. I was just going to say there's 27 teams that have used two goalies. There's five teams that have not. So the Sabres are one of them, but the Mm -hmm. Vegas Golden Knights have used two. Uh, but the, the where I wanted to focus around the league is the Carolina Hurricanes, who lost Freddie Anderson with a shot in the head yeah. against San Jose the other night. Um, they lost to Seattle 7-4, I believe it was, last night. They didn't look good against San Jose. They had to come back in the third period. Um, is Dude, that they an barely issue? won against L.A. after blowing yeah, yeah, a exactly. lead and then a marathon shootout. They've been the most Even the wildly... game against the Ducks yes. was great. So <laughs> yeah. is that the most concerning like of the teams that were supposed to be cup contenders, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and their start? Even though they're three and two? Yeah, I feel like their game's going to stabilize because it always does. I feel like they have one of the smartest coaching staffs in the league. They have, you know, this foolproof system that they know how to maximize everyone. It just feels like they need things to start clicking a little bit more and consistently, right? It's not a 60-minute effort right now, and I'm sure that they're not happy with it. But I'm sure for them, they're looking at bright spots like Teravine and stepping up in a top six role. He's picking up the pace scoring after last year, I think was one of his worst years yet. And there were big questions on whether he could even manage playing those kinds of minutes. So to have that, I'm sure it helps. But that's a team that definitely has to clean it up. And I'm, you know, I'm guessing on home ice, maybe that'll give them the chance to do it. Will history show that the acquisition of Georgiev by Colorado will go down as one of the cheapest upgrades to a goaltender position any franchise has ever handled because <laughs> last year he and Allmark were the only two 40 win guys. And incredibly, he's the first ever avalanche goaltender to start a year four and oh. Yeah. There were two in franchise history in uh Fisset or Fisset. Where did you Stephane lie on that, Fisset. Marty? Stephane yes, Fisset. I did too. And then they would always go back and forth. And your guy, Ron Hextall when they were Nordiques, but Colorado and their 4-0 start and Georgiev's performance, pretty damn impressive. I think the most important thing is Colorado recognized where they do and don't need to, you know, focus their assets. And for them, that's cap space. They have so much invested in their core, which I think is the right way to build the team, but you need to know where you can pull back a little bit and in goal it is because they're such a great possession team that they don't force their goalie to have to be the difference maker every single night. We saw it, you know, can a team win with average goaltending? We're seeing it with the Golden Knights. They're a team that can do it. The Avalanche are a team that can do it, but you have to be built a certain way and they're that. So it felt like they really found a great option in Gurgiev there. And he was such a diamond in the rough. It felt like when he joined the Rangers and, you know, we know the magic of Benoit Lair. So it looks like he really helped develop his game along that it, it benefit the Avalanche incredibly right here. Uh, I felt the magic of Benny uh, because my first year, my second year, I think, with the Rangers, 
Um, I had the best numbers I've had in a long time as a backup. Still, I didn't play, but it just was the Rangers towards his system and Benny Allaire, which I had known for years. He's awesome. He's one of the best goalie guru out there. Um, Shayna, does training camp and preseason games matter? And the reason I'm saying that is because we both talked about Vegas, talked about Colorado. I We watched them in preseason. They were awesome. But there's other teams that they they, they look like flat in preseason and they start the, the season flat. So is preseason games matter because we see a lot of teams not really putting too much stock in them i feel like preseason games should matter more because it's a good opportunity to figure out who's going to make the team who can you know crack the lineup it's it's great for that i just think preseason's too long so i have yes. like a very low taste for it i feel like we could see a three season a three game preseason i think that would be a lot better first two games work out the kinks of your lineup third game roll through with everyone um, I try not to put too much stock in it. I don't know how much everyone else does. Maybe everyone's tired going into the regular season. It's probably the most beneficial for a team with the new coach, right? Because mm -hmm. you get a chance to work out the new systems that they're trying to implement in-game action. But even then, you know, some coaches don't even start working on special teams for two months or something. So it, it's, it's, it's such a toss-up. Who's been putting it together or keeping it together uh, best, in your opinion, here in the early season? Um. Tough one there. I think Colorado. Like I look at I Florida like for full... all their turmoil injury wise. It's like they made all these transactions and just tried to backfill at all positions. You know what? They look like they're selling out and doing everything possible to, to stay on that path that they were on last year. I'm struggling with Florida. Um, I, 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 I really am. I, I was looking at their numbers ahead of their game against the Leafs, and I'm so underwhelmed by their blue line. And like, I think oh, we I all prepared to be right, but I just think with Ekman Larson, they're going to have problems, and it's not fully his fault. I feel I, I tweeted something, and some people kind of jumped at me, like, "Well, what do you think?" Like, it's, it's not that I'm not faulting him as much. I'm faulting the team for putting him in a position that he's in. He's someone that just can't be playing against top competition and playing 25 minutes a night. It just he's not built for it at this point in his career. And if you want to maximize someone, that's not the role for them to be in. And obviously, you know, they only have so many options, but his numbers are the biggest concern to me, although it works on the power play, but we see, you know, players like Evan Rodriguez just crushing it there. Shot volume machine, scoring chance machine right now, it even strengthened on the power play. And it helps to play with guys like Sam Reinhardt and Barkoff at even strength, but like he is total standout. But I, I think I put someone like Vegas in the top category. Of course, they're the ones putting it together the most and someone like Colorado, even though they don't have all the wins, you know, like some of them feels like are a little bit tougher to come by. I feel like they're putting it together that they're just going to start steamrolling teams. Are the Arizona Coyotes making the playoffs? They're two and two, four games on the road. They came out East. Uh, they beat St. Louis last night and they are two losses with a two, one loss to the Rangers and a one, nothing loss to the Islanders. Are the Arizona Coyotes finally turning a corner? I think they're turning a corner. I don't think they're a playoff team yet, but I think that they're going to be better than we all expected. You know, you look at some of the veteran presence on that roster, Jason Zucker and Matt Dumba, like those are very productive players. I question if they will even be there post deadline though, because it wouldn't surprise me if the Coyotes go, this progress was, was nice, but we have to keep the bigger picture in mind here, kind of similar to Detroit last year. Mm -hmm. But you look at the talent that they already have established right there. And that's 
Keller and Schmaltz, and they're excellent. And I really do like Karel Vimalka as well. And then you look at the new talent and you look at the guys like Logan Cooley and Michelli from last year. Michelli, you know, his biggest problem is he doesn't shoot the puck enough, but he is an excellent playmaker. You know, you're getting the pop that you need from those players and players like Jersey and Moser, like they're doing really well. And Jersey for me was a little bit of a toss up going into the year because it felt like when the Kings started to give him more minutes that it looked like he earned, he was a little bit overwhelmed by them. But I'm impressed with him in the early going so far. Less than a minute to go. Best team in the Atlantic, Boston, Ottawa, or Detroit. The Bruins have not yet lost, but the Sens and the Wings have each won three out of four and are scoring a boatload. Uh, probably the Senators right now. I feel like they have it together in all facets. While I think that there's some more work to be done in Detroit. Like you look at that second line with cop and they're scoring a ton, but the numbers are pretty dreadful below the surface. I do like how they've formulated their lines. I think they're finally playing to their strengths with the speed game, but I think Ottawa has the edge there, but it makes Saturday's game all the more exciting, right? Uh, way more exciting. Absolutely. Uh, is Boston, can Boston keep up what they're doing right now? Like I know they're three and oh, but they don't give know, up anything Four goals. They, they don't give up much. Yeah. It's Swayman and Allmark and you know, they just shut the door, but can they keep it up that way? At this rate, I'm not so sure, but I am interested to see how the defense is tripping in more to facilitate offense because they're missing so much down the middle. They are lucky to have some players like stepping up you know, in these roles down the middle, but you already, you see the Charlie Coyle experiment has failed, which is unsurprising. He didn't shake it in the top six there before. I think that they need to get one play. I think they need one strong center for their top nine, you know, and then maybe they'll slot players more appropriately. But I think that they're going to be a playoff team. Like the bar was so far for them to fall, even with two huge absences, right? Yeah. Shana's already looking forward to Detroit, Ottawa at one tomorrow and undoubtedly to Buffalo in black and red at seven against the Islanders. Shana, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're back after this on Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Last night, obviously, is not acceptable. Uh, We know we're a way better team than that, and we know we haven't hit our stride uh, yet. But at the end of the day, um, there's 78 more games, and... The best teams in the league lose lots of games, so um, it's a long season, and uh, you know, obviously, we're not happy with where we're at right now. But um, we know, you know, we're going to get there, and uh, you know, we know what it takes. So um, we're going to be way better. Sporting black and red in practice, a preview to tomorrow. The Sabers will be in their third jersey for the first of fifteen times. They'll take on the Islanders. Seven o'clock start. First ten thousand into the rink get the black and red rally towel. Thought on Dylan Cousins, the line changes as seen through practice today, the fact that Zach Benson and Devin Levi are day-to-day with lower body injuries, and the first rematch of the season, which is Buffalo and the Islanders tomorrow. Okay, first of all, uh, thoughts on Dylan Cousins. Look, he had some speed at times in the game, and I feel like the overtime goal helped him on Tuesday night against the Islanders, but... There wasn't a lot going on with the lines yesterday. It wasn't, you know, Cousins playing on, uh, you know, with Krebs uh, and Paterka. I, I don't think they had much going, although JJ scored a good goal. I think the line change is coming at the right moment. They need some new energy. And I think that Cousins with Thompson and Greenway should look on paper decent. And we say this happy 51st birthday to former future Senators owner, Snoop Dogg. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.